Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about LinkedIn outreach, how to do it right, how you can get great results because we still get a lot of spam messages every single day. I don't know <laughs> what is the main reason of uh, sending these messages. Probably you can catch small fish, but you never can catch big fish. That's why it's important to personalize your outreach as maximum as possible. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Martin Martinez. How are you? Hey, Leon, Natalia. Thanks for having me. Yeah, big pleasure. Want to learn more about that. Especially, you know, I, I spent every single day, like five minutes on email, a few minutes on LinkedIn, just to remove all these spam messages. On email, I can lead them to the best place ever for them, uh, spam inbox, you know, they can spend time together, you know, because I don't need all these messages, but I get them plus 100 emails a day. They trying to sell me link being building many other services. They don't know me. Once I got the message, I know that you're great with fashion. So let me help you with that. Guys, you know, my t-shirt costs like three dollars. <laughs> no, I don't care about fashion a lot. Uh, I love reading books. So if you learn more about me, then you can understand what kind of uh, value you can bring. Martin, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you pay attention to LinkedIn, not Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, why LinkedIn? Awesome. Well, look, uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've, I've been uh, involved in, in several different business ventures. Uh, I've been fortunate um, that in 2005, I, I launched a very successful uh, poker business in Australia. Uh, which I was uh, able to exit. He, half, uh, I sold half the company in 2008 and, and I left the company in 2011. And since then, I've been uh, kind of uh, venturing into different businesses and, and you know, the, the typical entrepreneurial journey. Uh, but around 2014, or around that time, uh, 2015 maybe, um, I, I started uh, running a consulting company. And... It was a, a virtual um, mastermind uh, group uh, program that, that I was running. And I had a lot of really prominent CEOs in Australia who were also advisors and mentors in, in the program. And in order for us to kind of get the word out, because it was a brand new company, uh, we used uh, all sorts of different marketing initiatives. We did PPC, we did Google, we did SEO, we even did print advertising and nothing really, really worked. Uh, but a friend of mine uh, was running a LinkedIn agency, and he told me, have you looked into or tried to use LinkedIn as a means to get business for yourself, a consulting business? I said, look, I, I, I always thought of LinkedIn as a, just a, a job board or just a profile and, and nothing more. And so he started teaching me about the, the power of LinkedIn and what you could do. And I, he ran a campaign on my, on my profile, so he optimized it, he did all these different things, created a, a special messaging, and then started targeting uh, the type of people that we wanted to potentially work with in our masterminds. And it's the main thing that started working uh, for the first time uh, that I was putting $1 in investment and I was getting a lot of dollars back. Um, so that got the business going, uh, and but it wasn't really scalable. Uh, so we started hiring uh, multiple uh, virtual assistants who would run these campaigns. 
But and it's the main thing that we kind of understood that B2B business is really done in, in LinkedIn. And that's kind of how I fell into learning about it, falling in love with it and, and, and really maximizing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Love, love, love your story. Great experience. And uh, let me start from my first question. How to find the right direction? Because on LinkedIn, we can use uh, uh, direct messages, uh, organic reach by posting content, paid marketing. So where to start? For example, if someone starts from scratch as you do, uh, as I did, you know, many years ago. So uh, where to start? How to find the right way? Look, before you even go there, I, I think it's very important that people realize and understand that there are three things that are fundamental that you have to get 100% right before you start doing the outreach. Uh, number one is that you have to think of your personal LinkedIn profile as a landing page. And you have to create something that's appealing for your audience. The right photo, the right headline, the right... Uh, about your story and the right history and so on and so forth. Because people do take the time when somebody's approaching each other, they do take the time to actually find out who you are and what you do. So if you are not really positioned yourself in a way that really solves a problem for the other person, or, you know, they're just not going to respond uh, in the same way that they would if it's somebody that really has a really good profile. So step number one, make sure that you spend a little bit of time you know, looking at other profiles that appeal to you, thinking of different ways that you can make yourself stand out and optimize your profile. The second thing that's fundamental, and I think a lot of people get wrong, is that their targeting is wrong. So you need to make sure that you do some basic searches on LinkedIn, uh, you know, the type of person that you're looking for, the job title, the type of company, and so on and so forth. You don't have to spend money on Sales Navigator yet. You can do it with basic search, but you should be able to find your target audience on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is only good for B2B. So if you're in the B2C business, it's actually not going to work for you. But if you're in B2B, then it will. <clears throat> and I'll give you a perfect example. Maybe there are lots of doctors uh, on LinkedIn or teachers on LinkedIn. But if you think about it, they are really not active on LinkedIn. So if you're searching for these people, they're just not going to be the type of people that are going to respond. However, if you're looking for company founders or marketing people or whatever, they're really active on LinkedIn. So targeting and testing that target and trying to find out if these people actually not only are on LinkedIn, but they seem to be active is the second most important thing you need to do. And third, mm -hmm. not yeah. the least important, is that you need to come up with a messaging sequence that it speaks to the other person that, you know, it's in the right tone, in the right approach. And I'll give you a perfect example. So in America, in the USA, if you are very forward and you say, hey, you know, I love to do business with you. Would you like to connect? I have this wonderful product. Nine times out of 10, people will respond positively. But if you do the same thing in Asia, for example, in Singapore or in Australia or even the UK, they're not going to accept it. They just more passive so you need to think about your target audience how they like to be approached is it a forceful upfront way or is it more passive so that's the kind of three keys your profile your targeting and your messaging and you need to potentially test that messaging quite a lot before you kind of crack the code for your particular audience 
Once you have those three pieces in place, the main thing that you need to do is really start looking at where are my, the people that I'm targeting. Now, the best tool to do that is really Sales Navigator. It is expensive, but it's worth every penny if you're actually doing the right amount of targeting and searching. So that's kind of the big kind of um, platform within LinkedIn that you should be using on a regular basis. The second thing that you should be looking at, and I think it's actually becoming more and more important, it's actually LinkedIn groups or even posts from different people where you're getting a lot of responses and people are actually replying to posts and stuff like that. So there are lots of different ways that you can actually um, find the right people. But if you don't have the foundation right, it's just not going to work. And once you start finding the right people, it's just a matter of continuously testing to see, okay, are they on LinkedIn groups? Are they on? Are they posting regularly? I, are they um, doing LinkedIn events, or are they just on a search that you can find them easily? That that's kind of the, the foundation for it all. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Let's talk about uh, creating the right profile. You know, uh, I see a lot of profiles are selfish. You know, when people can claim they're experts, guru in some topics. Uh, we are great. Please cooperate with uh, me because I'm so great. But, you know, I read a few books about marketing and that share you need to create the feeling uh, when your customers are great, how you can help them, how you can support them to become great. And uh, don't uh, tell that you are great. So make your customer great. Can you tell how to create the right profile you mentioned about profile it's important but uh tell how to highlight on your profile that you can help and support others absolutely so look obviously the look and the feel and the text that you put in the profile is important and i do agree with you that a lot of people are pitching themselves as these great you know experts and when you look at their job history They've been in that job for three months. <laughs> so there's not much expertise you can have if you've only yeah. been doing whatever you're doing in the, for the last three months. However, that's kind of the first stage of kind of, um, uh, you know, that you have to call. You see the person claiming that they're an expert, look at their history and see if the actual history justifies, their job experience justifies their claim. The second thing that I would say is that the true experts don't call themselves experts. They don't go and tell everybody, I'm, I'm wonderful. What they do is they really share their knowledge and they share their knowledge without anything in return. They share expertise, they share opinions, they share uh, content from other places and make comments on that. And that's when you really know that you are listening or seeing an expert because they have deep knowledge about something and they're willing to share it because they know that the knowledge itself is not enough. You have to execute on that knowledge. So whenever you're, if you're trying to build yourself as this expert in something, it's very hard to fake it. You know, you have to be the expert because people can see it transparently quite quickly. So what I normally recommend is that instead of making these huge claims, which you can do in your profile, always share content, always share knowledge, always share your opinion. And you can do that with posts. You can do it in video. You can do it in all, all sorts of different ways. But you're giving the viewer a taste of who you are, what you do, 
How are you an expert? Is your opinion valuable? Does it make sense? And that is something that most people are not willing to do. That work of becoming or showing your expertise, sometimes people think they're scared of sharing the knowledge. And on the other time, it's just they don't want to put in the time. However, most people, what they look at LinkedIn is as an outreach and an outbound strategy. It's like, let me find people and then let me just blast them. And actually, I think it's the opposite. It should be an inbound uh, approach where if you connect with enough people, if you share enough knowledge, people are going to come to you when they're ready, when they have questions. And that's when actually the business is already sold because they already know you. They already have a trust with you and they're just ready to do business with you rather than you pitching. And that's kind of how I use LinkedIn and how I recommend a lot of people do that. But it's a lot more time consuming. You need to invest a little bit more. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, I check out many profiles, uh, great marketers, uh, business owners, and it's really uh, impossible to find someone who can tell they are experts because they are students. You know, <laughs> they are students on this life. Even uh, Neil Patel uh, shared on his website that uh, others can tell him uh, an expert but he uh, prefers to learn a lot more so uh, let's talk about posting uh, content on the linkedin you mentioned about that it's important to share knowledge as much as possible and i found the difference for example you know uh, for seo uh, for google uh, we need to create super high quality content uh, it takes time to write an article, um, to edit, uh, to provide something new, uh, to create design, uh, to submit web development. Uh, usually, uh, you know, my team, for example, uh, uh, spends like a few days to create uh, one piece of content and uh, seven people can do it. Content managers, designers, editors, writers, uh, uh, SEO specialists, uh, web developers, but on LinkedIn, iPhone, you don't need to have this team. Uh, and it's not about uh, quality because quality is subjective. Uh, it's more about uh, sharing something new. Uh, and uh, I found some influencers can win on LinkedIn uh, by writing simple text. You know, uh, like uh, a few sentences, some can write long text, uh, someone can film great videos, but it's not like for YouTube or Google. Can you tell how to find what quality means on LinkedIn? Well, to be honest, I think that, you know, what you've said of investing in writing content, you know, put it in on your website, you have marketers, you have writers, you have copywriters, you have editors, you have designers, you have all these teams yeah. to write one piece of content. And as you know, when you publish that content, it might not actually get much traffic, but it's something that you're investing for SEO for long term. I think that LinkedIn as a platform is about conversation. Okay. And what I mean by that is that you, and you've identified that some influencers, they just write a couple of lines and all of a sudden they have this engagement. So the way I look at LinkedIn from a, from a content perspective, it's not the same way as I do with SEO or blogs or anything like that. I look at it as, can I create conversation? Can I post something? Could be a question, could be an opinion, could be something controversial, could be anything. 
But the idea is to make sure that the people in your audience engage with it, that they banter with you, that they have their own opinions and their own questions and their own advice. And that is what happens. That's what you see the most successful, most viral content on LinkedIn. It's not this massive long post. It's really someone who is potentially influential or not, but has asked the right question or has made the right statement or the right content. And, you know, it's, it could be just a simple message and trying to get others' opinions on it. And the, it, it creates that virality on it. So to me, um, for me, just think of LinkedIn posts and LinkedIn content more as a conversation starter. Can you get other people with your views or whatever, get them to respond so you can start interacting and that kind of brings more and more eyeballs to the to the post. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm interested about uh, how often to post content. Uh, I know it's a broad question. Uh, it depends. But uh, I see two approaches. Uh, for example, Gary Vee, he can share that you need to post as much as possible. If he has time, he will post 24 times a day. Uh, the second approach from uh, it's more popular, then you need to post quality content uh, a few times a week because I, I read a few uh, best practices and I got it. Most people prefer to post a few times a week. Someone can tell you need to post 24 times a day. How to find the balance between uh, this consistency of posting content? <laughs> Of course. Look, there is no perfect formula. I'll be totally honest with you. And people can claim whatever they say. Oh, yeah, this is the best time of the day and the best days of the week and whatever. But the reality is that you need to slowly but surely build an audience the same way. I mean, Gary Vee has got, you know, he's built this profile for many, many decades. It's not even years. You know, he's been at this for many, for a long time. So whenever he posts, he instantly has an audience that will listen, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's Snapchat or LinkedIn or whatever. So consistency is what's, what's most more important than the frequency. So whatever you decide to do, whether it's to post 24 days, four, four times a day or three times a week, as long as you do it consistently for a prolonged period of time is when you're going to start seeing results. So if you post now and then you change your mind and then you change again and whatever, your audience is unsure on when to hear from you. But if you are developing a, a level of consistency in your posting, whether it's long form or short or whatever it is, as long as it's consistent and you keep it up for a prolonged period of time, then the audience will become familiar with your voice and the timing, and then they will be more receptive. And it's nothing to do with the time of day or you know, the day of the week or whatever. And because your audience could be anywhere in the world. So it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, I could be in Australia and it's the middle of the night right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm right now in Dubai and it's 8 p.m. You know, when am I going to post? I mean, who, who, you don't really know when the, when the audience is going to be awake and, and whether they're going to use it. But the consistency is what's important. And once you build uh, some kind of sequence or framework for your post, that's when your audience will become familiar with it and, and resonate with it more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, valuable. And uh, you mentioned many times about audience. Uh, uh, I even lost track how many times you <laughs> said this word. Uh, and let's talk how to learn audience because I see 
when uh, some influencers, uh, you know, they mo- uh, they usually post about themselves. So they have intuition, experience. They, uh, I can't tell they learn a lot audience, but according to their experience, uh, they can share some valuable insights, uh, like intuition, you know, not logic. Uh, and um, it's important to learn audience, but if you feel it, understand, probably you don't need to learn because you know what kind of audience you uh, created before. So can you tell how to learn audience if you started from scratch? Look, I think that you need to separate um, the people you're targeting in two different two different buckets. One is um, an you know an influencer, and an influencer is someone that has a voice that people listen to respect. But it is just it's not necessarily an expert. And then you have the experts. Right. And I think it's very important that you define what you are or you want to become, whether you want to become an influencer or you want to become an expert, because experts can talk about what they know 24 seven, whereas Mm -hmm. influencers, they go with what's trendy. So, for example, right now, it's all about chat, chat, GPT. Tomorrow is going to be about VR, you know, who knows? And the next one. And and they go and what's trendy because to build influence, you have to be current. You have to be on the latest thing, right? Whereas an expert, you know, that's what they do. Maybe they, 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 I don't know, they make nails, right? And they're experts Mm -hmm. at nails and there's not much excitement and changes and stuff like that. But if you want to know about nails, this guy is the guy. So again, for me, a lot of people that want to buy, build influence, they do so by being on trend, whereas an expert has to focus on the area of knowledge and they continuously and regularly uh, share that knowledge. So again, there's no magic bullet, but I think identifying which one you want to become is, is important as the foundation for the type and regularity of content you want to publish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and let's talk about other aspects because you mentioned about value yeah it's important to share value but i found some accounts uh, influencers they inspire people to do something uh, and uh, it's like inspiration and uh, according to uh, one famous study that inspirational content gets three times more engagement on pinterest i think it's the same with linkedin probably everywhere because people need to to get this inspiration and i found uh when some influencers create simple posts but inspirational you can just do it uh just get out of your comfort zone you will get results something like that can you tell how to inspire a specific audience uh if you have your audience how do i know uh the way to learn them and inspire to get actions look to be honest the, the best way i think to inspire others is by showing how you helped one customer, one person. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the posts that are so-called influential or they're inspirational, to be honest, they don't have any depth. They don't have any knowledge. They don't have anything except a few words and maybe an image to kind of make people excited. So I'll give you a perfect example. A few years ago, maybe 2020, uh, before COVID, I was posting on my LinkedIn profile images, inspirational images 
And it was an image with a particular one word sentence. And I did that daily, seven days a week. Okay. And the sole purpose of that was not really to get people off their butt and to do something, but to show positivity, to make sure that people not necessarily be inspired to do something special, but to give them reminders of positive things that are happening in life. Because even, you know, in a social network that's business related, people have bad days in, at work yeah. in business. So to have a positive light that you see on a little post, you know, brings positivity for them for the day. However, to go from there, you know, being, you know, positive about something to getting inspired to do something it takes a lot more than just a little post i think it takes something like a testimonial or something to do with a customer that you've helped achieve a certain level of success and then you can share it with your audience but just little posts and little images i knew when i was doing it that i wasn't going to make anybody get up off their chair and you know you know take over the world but it was more about instilling a positive message every day. And on the flip side, to try to get somebody really inspired, it's more about show what can be done and show how it was done. And, and I think that's kind of saying, the reason why I would say do that is because you are trying to say it is possible. It is not just a word that somebody posted over there and I have to do all the work. It's more about, oh, okay, this guy did it. This is how they did it. So it is possible. Now it's my turn. That, that's how I would approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's talk about creating non-boring content. Uh, once I spoke with Jim Edwards, uh, he worked in Business Insider for 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Then company was sold for $500 million. Great success. And uh, he explained this success. Uh, that Business Insider creates non-boring content. So business niche is boring, B2B is boring, but uh, this company found the way how to create non-boring content. Can you tell how to do it? You know, okay, I can share value. I can help. But uh, most content bounce fast. People don't care about value if you can't catch their attention, hook them. So any insights about creating non-boring content? Look, uh, to be honest, it, it comes about the person's charisma and personality. It's very mm -hmm. hard to fake that, to be honest. You know, if you are outgoing, if you have an open personality, if you're an extrovert, it's, you know, people gravitate to those things and they are attracted to those things. However, I have been playing around with chat GPT <laughs> and mm -hmm. there is lots and lots of ideas that you can get out of it. You can just put your content in there and say, can you turn this into a funny piece of content or a inspirational piece of content or whatever. And chat, chat GPT does a great job in actually giving you ideas and inspiration on how to write content that could be a lot more catchy. That's one way to do it. Another way is to be controversial. Now it's, it's not something that everybody's comfortable, comfortable doing, but make taking a side and being strong on your, on the way you speak about that side creates a lot of positive and negative feedback, right? And that's another way that you can get engagement. So there are different possible ways that you can go about, but it really comes down to if the person is boring, 
they're going to write boring content. And if the industry that they're in is even more boring, like there's, sometimes you just can't make it work. But again, you can be creative. Uh, and again, I, I think using tools like ChatGPT will give you inspiration on how to change your tone or change your style so it can become a little bit more appealing or attractive for the reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remind me a book uh, about a girl uh, uh, that was interesting that uh, she was uh, an introvert, so introvert. She didn't have any friends, but once she decided to post content on Tumblr uh, many years ago, about herself and million people started to follow her million people are the same so if you are not funny if you have no uh, if you can't create engagement content be yourself you know so if you play yourself uh, then uh, many people like you so you can find them uh, surround uh, with uh, people like you yeah love it love it okay martin let's talk about common mistakes can you list mistakes that companies still do on linkedin and uh, your tips how to find a much better way look i think linkedin needs to be treated like any other social network right there needs to be a level of investment in time effort and consideration a lot of people they just think oh i'm going to post something and then they quickly give up because they're not getting results And again, what I was mentioning to you before, it's all about building consistency. Whether it's through your company profile page or your personal profile feed or whatever, you just need to be consistent. And the biggest mistake that most people do is that they get started, they get engaged, they get, you know, uh, and they just don't see the results straight away. So then they give up very, very quickly. In reality, if you're starting from very little or nothing when it comes to an audience size, it can take up to a year in order to actually get any kind of engagement, meaningful engagement. But it's not just about meaningful engagement. It's about quality of the people that are viewing it. So that's why I always recommend to make sure that in your targeting, you're really, really smart about who your audience becomes. Because every time you post something, your audience is going to actually automatically see it. And as that audience grows, so will your engagement. But again, the biggest mistake that people make is that they want a quick result. And, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes you have this person that did something crazy or unusual or different and they blew up. That's one 0.00001% of the people that actually post content on any platform, let alone LinkedIn. And to me, I think that what's important, you know, and again, going back to that inspirational side is to you got to show results, but they have to be somebody else's results, not just yours. This about saying, oh, you know, I sold a million units of this or I did this special marketing campaign. It works. People catch it. Right. But it's, there is no depth into the, in that content. There is no meaning in there. And people can smell a rat very quickly and then disengage. So although you might get clicks and views and engagement, it's not lasting engagement. So as a person, you know, for example, you know, talking about introverts, I'm an introvert myself. I very rarely post. I'm a very private person. Not a lot of people know much about me. And that's by design. I don't talk much about me. Whereas others, I've got friends who are always posting and talking about their success and stuff like that. And yes, they get engagement, but they're getting the wrong kind of people engaging. So you've got to consider quality over quantity as well. So 
I don't think I have the right answer for you for that question, but but I just think that <laughs> people need to be very mindful of how they approach it and, and, and be very thoughtful and make sure that they're committed. It takes a long time. And sometimes you might get lucky and one of your posts goes viral or whatever, but there is no perfect strategy and it does take time. And, and if you're not willing to put in the time, then you know it's just not going to work. Yeah, I think it's the right answer because patience is the most important element for any campaign, marketing campaign, business campaign, because I don't know how to get fast results in SEO. I don't know how to get fast results on YouTube. Even when people get these results, I, I check out a few uh, case studies when people got them, but they had experience before. So someone acquired experience, uh, failing with other stuff, then uh, learn new and yeah, they can get great results, but it's more about experience and uh, it's the same with any niche, weight loss, learning foreign language, I don't know, you, you need to spend time, it's not a few weeks, months, years, <laughs> you need to spend years, you know, to get results, yeah, love it, awesome, okay, Martin, I have the question about uh, your experience. You know, I have some students in my network who are looking for ways how to uh, learning how to learn from scratch. And I found, for example, uh, uh, I usually get great results with uh, companies that know SEO. So if they don't know SEO, I tell them it's better to take my course. It costs like. 10 20 dollars but you can learn the basic then we can cooperate together if you don't know uh, it's hard to find a specialist who will provide uh, something uh, unique i mean like uh, we have no secrets you know we need to cooperate like a cohesive team so if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills what will you do today to learn more about linkedin well, <laughs> we need another podcast for this. <laughs> uh, the, the reality is that, as I said, you know, people need to make that that investment at the beginning of ensuring that their profile is optimized, the ensuring that their targeting is right, and and also that these people are active. And I'll give you one little uh, hint of how you can find out if people in your target audience are active on LinkedIn. So let's say you do a search. Let's say you're looking for whatever marketing specialists in Belgium. Uh, one thing, when you see all the results, you will see a golden LinkedIn icon. Now, if they have a golden LinkedIn icon, it's because they pay for LinkedIn. That means that they have a premium account, whether it's premium or sales navigator or something else. And that instantly tells you that your audience is regularly active on LinkedIn. Aside from that, it's really trial and error. There is no magic bullet, unfortunately. And there is a lot of uh, people that would tell you, do this and do that. And, and, and again, it might work, but it might not work for your audience. And that's why it's important to test and to give it some time to see the results and then test again and try, try something different and see if you're getting better results and so on and so forth. So there is no exact science. Uh, LinkedIn's you know, it's one of these platforms that is specifically built for B2B. And one thing that most people forget, and this is something that uh, people don't realize or they just, for, you know, dismiss. I am busy. You are busy. I'm not on LinkedIn all the time. Yes. <laughs> just because you send me a text or a message or an email or whatever, 
does not mean that I'm going to respond as often as I would respond to an email. And that's why email marketing is still so today in 2023 and for the foreseeable future still going to be very powerful because people are more responsive on the on an email than it is on a LinkedIn platform. So to me, it's all about trial and error to make sure that whatever you do works for your particular audience. Because if you're looking for one particular audience and they're not active on LinkedIn, all your efforts go to waste. Uh, but if your audience is really active on LinkedIn, very little, very little effort is going to be rewarded. So there is no, no, no perfect formula, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Uh, I think people, all people, I don't know anyone who don't use email every single day. But uh, LinkedIn, it depends. You know, if you build your audience, yeah, you can spend time. But if you uh, use it like tool for selling, yeah, it, it, probably you can check out a few times a week. It depends. But email, yeah, is the first place. Martin, I have the question about the future. Uh, it's my final question. I'm interested what kind of future will be because uh, LinkedIn, uh, Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Microsoft today owns uh, OpenAI. Probably uh, we don't know who owns or not, but uh, made this investment in billion dollars. Probably, yeah, the owner. So can you tell what kind of future will be? Because today, like Bill Gates said, the era of AI uh, has begun. So. Uh, what do you think, what kind of future will be on LinkedIn uh, according to these technologies, AI, that are growing fast? My opinion, and this is something that, you know, I, I don't necessarily preach. This is just my personal opinion, is that we are a long way away from people trusting AI. Mm-hmm. We're not three months away. We're not six months away. I would say we're a decade away before people can trust any kind of AI. And the reason why is because the use cases that have been used to date is to do fake news or to do fake people's videos that sound like the president of the United States. Or, you know, I recently heard a song that Jay-Z you know, sang half the song, but it was actually an AI that sounded exactly like Jay-Z. So I believe that the reality of the world is that people will trust real people and they want to engage with real people and they will use platforms like LinkedIn to find those real people. And is there a place for AI? I think there is. Where it actually is useful for business engagement, I don't know. But because the use cases of AI have been so, in my opinion, negative, they don't add value. They're just showing you how the Pope now has got this puffy jacket or the use cases have been terrible. So the foundation in which AI is being promoted is negative for business because people only do business with others that they trust and believe and can shake their hand, you know, in the real world. And if you don't really know what's happening at the other end, you're going to distrust it. And that could actually hurt LinkedIn if they implement a lot of this AI, uh, because people are just not going to know who am I talking to? Am I talking to a robot? Am I talking to a real person? Is that person really responding to me? Or is it a bot responding to me? So I think 
the world of AI beyond LinkedIn, just in general, it's in its infancy. It's a decade before there's any real use cases that people would actually use in real life that are not threatening trust. And that's kind of the important piece in business that you need trust. You need to know who you're doing business with. You need to trust them and you need to make sure that you can do a real virtual handshake and not not know that it's, it's some bot or some AI at the other end. And, and again, I'm not sure if my opinion is popular, but I think that's a practical way to look at things. And it's, it's a more realistic way to, to look at things uh, for where they stand today. Yeah, interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I felt my... I failed many times to predict uh, the price of Bitcoin, <laughs> the price of <laughs> many stocks. So, yeah, I prefer to uh, adapt to new challenges that we have to go ahead. But we'll see. So if you consider technologies, uh, AI is not golden button. Even on my website, it's called golden button. Guys, it's not. You know, <laughs> it's just help. Now uh, you can get much faster results by using this technology but you can create uh the final content by using ai if you create I believe that then, it's perfectly yeah. useful for inspiration right if mm -hmm. you know i'm not a very good writer so if i use tools like ai chat we actually have used jasper as an example for me it's useful because it gets the juices flowing which if you started with a blank page it's very hard to get started So it's, it's almost like this Kickstarter that is very helpful. But again, when it comes to LinkedIn, I just think that uh, it's going to be a very long time before they implement any of that kind of co-pilot stuff that they're doing with Outlook or, or whatever. I could be wrong, but again, you know, I, I just feel like anything that goes in that direction is going to diminish the level of trust that they're trying to build on the platform. And, uh, and I think that's a detriment to the platform if they do. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Martin, it's a big pleasure to get my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Sure. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've mentioned it, but uh, I am the founder of meetalfred.com, which is a LinkedIn and uh, sales automation platform, uh, which um, it is a bot <laughs> in itself. It automates a lot of your outreach. It saves you the time of just doing it manually. It doesn't replace you know, you coming up with a target audience, you improving your profile and you sending a coherent sequence of messages. It just automates what you would normally do manually. Uh, so you can reach out to me there through the website. Uh, my email is martin at midalfred.com. I'm now based in Dubai. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit easier on the time zones because when I lived in Australia, it was a lot harder to connect with me, but always available on email. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. And uh, happy to help anybody that, that wants to reach out. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find the links uh, to the website in the description below, to Martin LinkedIn profile uh, in the description. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love all your valuable insights. So valuable, fun. Guys, you need to reach out, Martin, because you can see a lot of value and it's important to personalize your outreach as much as possible because i failed many times with templates i tested them but i got it only one way you can catch big fish just personalize and learn your recipients before sending any message okay guys love you see you 
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.